Throughout this journey of life, we all come across a lot of obstacles and battles. Training our state of mind to stay positive, motivated, and inspired to come out on top is the most important task of all. Buckle up, knuckle down, get ready for the grind, and go on to make your dreams come true. Interviews with professionals and how they find motivation, build confidence, and share their stories that can help you on your journey to create your roadmap for success and becoming the best version of yourself. You can win at life. You're winning at life. Get ready to start winning at life. Welcome and welcome back to the Winning at Life podcast, where we explore the most effective concepts for creating success in all aspects of our life. I'm Aaron Chandler, your host, and in today's episode, our conversation is going to be about limiting beliefs that we allow ourselves to experience or allow others to project onto us. But first, I want to welcome back a long lost guest and friend, but Mr. Caleb Bergamini. Thank you so much for taking the time on your night and to be back, man. We uh we've missed you. Absolutely, Aaron. I appreciate so much for having me back. It's uh it has been a long time. So definitely definitely good to talk with a familiar face and do some familiar things. hundred percent, man. I'm excited to see, hear your perspective and and some of the value and gold nuggets that our listeners are gonna kind of pull from this. But if you are listening, I just want to put in perspective, just think of some reasons that you tell yourself that you can't do something, whether that's venturing away from your nine to five, or maybe wanting to start that hobby on the side or things that you continue to tell yourself that you can't do or that it's not you or that you're not capable of doing it, but it's something that you feel like a pulling or calling to. Because in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to overcome what we say to ourselves and what others are saying to us by just putting it in a different perspective. But getting this all started, Caleb, I just want to say or ask you real quick, what are some limited beliefs that you feel people experience situations that it may arise or become applicable to those listenings in, in their life. Yeah, man. No, Aaron, first and foremost, this is um, this is an amazing topic because I believe that it affects each and every one of us, including myself. I mean, I know you and I have talked just, you know, as friends about some of the different things that we go through in life and you know, those battles we have internally about, am I where I need to be? Am I doing the right thing? Will I make it? Should I even try? Like those are fears and doubts and questions that we all ask ourselves from time to time. But when it comes to limiting beliefs, I think there are two main areas in which they impact us. The first of which is going to be like our professional lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, A vast majority of the chances we take in life, the things that we try to do, the, the aspirations we reach for do fall within the professional realm whether they be a sales goal, whether it be a promotion, whether they be a, a end title, like there's chances that, that we take that sometimes mentally we talk ourselves out of, or at the very least have to personal doubts and fears on. So professional life would be one major area. And the second, I believe, is your personal life. Mm-hmm. Both of these encompass the two main categories of your life. And so whether you're shooting for a career or you're shooting for a relationship, whether you're trying to become a better communicator, a better friend, maybe try to go a different footsteps than your parents did or your previous relationship, whatever it is, like those can be very scary. 
And sometimes because of your past, because of mistakes you might've made, because of what you look like, where you come from, like there's a lot of beliefs that you might cast onto yourself or someone else might cast onto you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to diving more into this topic because I believe in those two main categories and areas, there's definitely a lot that we can discuss and impact a lot of people with. I agree wholeheartedly. And kind of like when you're talking about the professional realm of things, and it's just crazy to me because these limited beliefs keep us from even putting our hat into the ring, mm. you know, putting our name in, or sorry, putting our you know, hat in the ring or our name into the hat. But I remember vividly having a conversation with someone before and, you know, talking about them excelling in their career path, you know, moving up into more, more competitive, it'd be, you know, as you go up the corporate ladder, even in, you know, whether it's the military or at your job, as you continue to excel and what more responsibility or be seen at a, or yeah, be seen at a more prestigious title, mm-hmm. then you're going to be getting in smaller and smaller rooms, but having to become more and more competitive and as the selection process goes on. And some of the things that this individual had to go through is just a college course and some sort of, uh, some other things that they, they had to tackle. But I remember like, urging and trying to like motivate and like encourage that forward and progressive move like career move and it was just nah no nah, I would I would never get it you know I wouldn't get it and it's like you have this fear of rejection in the first place of taking that going out on the limb going out in that process getting in front of leadership to even put your name in that hat just to be told no but you're rejecting yourself in the very beginning of it all not even giving you that opportunity to see if it comes to fruition. Oh, man. Um, Aaron, Aaron, there's a lot of things that you just said there that I think can be unpacked in multiple different ways. But at the very end, you hit on something that I think is extremely important to understand. And that is the conversation between self-sabotage versus self-preservation. So you're 100% correct. A lot of the the reasons why people don't achieve or at least aspire and attempt what they want most in life is fear of rejection or failure. They associate that with pain. They associate that with embarrassment and inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is they'll let their mind negotiate. They'll, they'll let their mind talk to themselves. Yep. And they'll say, you know what? If I don't attempt, I can't be injured. If I don't aim too high, I won't be nailed back down. Because we all that old saying, right? The nail that sticks out gets hammered. And so there's almost like this limiting belief of, no answer is better than the answer of no. Absolutely. I play it safe. And so people, they call this self-preservation. Well, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to burn too brightly. They, and they'll use stories like that of Icarus, you know, the man who flew too close to the sun and his wings yeah. burned up. Well, what people don't realize is that there's another part of that story. Icarus's father warned him, don't fly too close to the sun because the wings will melt. But he also said, don't fly too low. Otherwise, the waves of the sea will take you down. Hmm. And so people look at this and they say, I'm being self-preserving. I'm self-preserving. What they don't realize is they're actually self-sabotaging. And I believe that with with all major issues in life, the issue is one thing. And many people, they try to address that, but they fail to ever look at the root cause of the issue. And so when it comes to like professional aspirations and professional achievement, the way you were talking with your friend, I think it's very important to understand where does that feel of failure and inadequacy oftentimes come from? And so I'm going to take you way back, way back to our very first professional environments ever. When we're kids, 
what was like the very first thing we went into where we were compared to peers and we had bosses and managers and we were in a setting that required us to act in a certain way for success. You know what that place was? School. School. Absolutely. School. <laughs> we all go into school. And so school is amazing. If utilized correctly, it could do, a, it can open doors for you. It can provide knowledge and confidence. But at the very same time, if utilized incorrectly or even viewed incorrectly, it could take all of those doors, that confidence and those skill sets away. Mm-hmm. And so when we go in, we're kids, but all of a sudden we're now put into an environment where our creative process, our creative thought is now stifled. Our dreams are no longer what we focus on. And now it's it's curricularized material that are used as a metric of success, not a objective, but a subjective mm-hmm. measure of success. And so we go in front of all our classmates, in front of all our peers, and we're learning to read, right? Well, when it comes to your time to read and you're learning and you mess up a word, what does the rest of the class do? Start snickering. Start snickering and laughing, right? You go up in front of the class to give a presentation and your board's not perfect. You kind of stumble through your words. What does the rest of the class do? So, yeah. Yourself subconscious of your, you're becoming more conscious of yourself. Exactly. They laugh, they snicker. And then even worse is when the teacher grades that reading, when they grade that paper or that presentation, you get it back and you might've gotten 99% of it correct. But what is the one thing that is circled in red and highlighted at the top of the page? Those that you got wrong. Those that you got wrong. Exactly. And so realistically, this fear It's a very real fear that is ingrained in many of us from an age that we don't even remember. We don't remember where we were or who established it, but all we know is for so long, that has been something we've lived with and then it impacts us in our professional lives. And so, yeah, I think you're right on top of, uh, right on target with your friend and that this is an issue that many people struggle with and identifying a root cause is the first step in solving it. Yeah. I love how you were highlighting, you know, when you could ask a, group of kindergartners what an answer is everyone hand shoots up but as time goes on people become more self-conscious about the answers that they give out the wrong answers or and so on and that that puts those limitations on us you know we, we're more worried about what other people think about what we do or what we say versus what we know to be true and mm-hmm. that puts a tremendous handicap on ourselves no matter what facet of our life that we're talking about professionally or personally alike, you know, if we're not approaching that person that could be, you know, our person just because we're saying we're already, you know, saying that she's going to say no, or he's going to say, or blow you off or, or not attracted or so on. And you just want to go ahead and subtract that whole encounter out of the picture because you're scared to get an answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Or scared to, to come off, cringy or creepy or sus or whatever and it's just just do it because if you no answer is gonna always put you in the ether you know you're you have no idea you're just kind of floating there's no directive or definitive kind of assessment and if you get a no and you got feedback like that well now you know what to fix (laughs) right Um, but these limited beliefs that we place on ourselves keep us from taking that next step Keep us to finding out that truth. I agree with you 100%. And you, know, you talk about that saying, I've never heard it before, but I like it. Um, no answer is worse than the answer no. And I, I think that's extremely true because I look at my life and even a conversation we had not too long ago about my personal life is like, there's there's been times in which you know, you're pursuing someone you have interest, but 
you don't really know either way which way it's going. There, there's not a definitive yes and there's not a definitive no. And really, like, it doesn't matter which one it is to you. What bo- what's bothersome is sitting in this state of like suspense of not knowing which path to go with because you know that no matter where, no matter what the answer is, you'll you'll make it. It's just until you have that green light or that red light, it's really tough to put the car and drive. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. In all of this, whether it be school, whether it be professional life, whether it be personal life, like the very baseline, I believe it comes from people having a fear and remembering past failures or inadequacies. Because mm. like back to the school example, is it giving an answer in school that is terrifying or is it remembering the time you gave an answer wrong an inadequacy or a failure that actually causes the pain or in that relationship is a relationship what scares you or is it the pain or the inadequacy or the failure of a past relationship that you are now projecting onto the future right so i think when i work when i work with people in in leadership development and building confidence in themselves and their abilities this is one of the issues we try to get down first to first and foremost because if you can correct this it's going to set a whole lot of things right on its own just like that Mm. but Failure to reach goals, letting others down, that's one of the biggest, biggest stiflers of success. And I'll speak to you in my own personal life here, my own, my own experience. But, you know, in this company and in this career, I have lost teams because I could not lead them. I've lost uh, men and women that I was coaching because I wasn't strong enough or I couldn't be who they needed me to be or I wasn't as, as in tune with the situation. I couldn't communicate effectively. I couldn't, I couldn't express my feelings well enough. I couldn't solve their issues in the way that I needed to solve them. And so I have absolutely, in my personal life and my professional life, failed a thousand times over again. And yes, that has impacted me. It's impacted others. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something right now as a leader. I'm going to tell you as a friend, I'm going to tell you as a mentor, your job isn't always to be strong enough or perfect enough. And I'm putting air quotes around all these. It's not to be strong enough or perfect enough or wise enough or impeccable enough. Your job is not to be a super parent. It's not to be the most perfect, most of amazing marriages or the most amazing best friend or the most amazing spouse at all times. That is impossible. It is impossible to give everything in your life 100%. 24 seven with no inadequacies. It's impossible. And so please stop telling, and everyone's listening, please stop telling yourself when you're failing. Please stop telling yourself that you're failing when you're actually fulfilling who you're supposed to be. And so let me say that again, please stop telling yourself that you're failing when you're actually fulfilling who you're supposed to be, because your job is to be you, you and you alone. Set the best example of who someone can be, of who you can be. And the best example, that still may be failing 20% of the time because we're humans. That may be it. But if that's the best example of who you can be and you're giving your all to those around you and yourself, then, I mean, that's not failure by any stretch of the means. You've heard me say it before, most people fail in life not because they aim too high and they miss. Most people fail in life because they aim too low and they hit. And I think that many of us, we never aim at all. Yep. That's, I mean, that just sums it up. I mean, we could just go ahead and end the episode right now. Like, I mean, I don't know how to come back with that. But, <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's complete. That's the complete truth. You know, we want sometimes like you're talking about projecting our insecurities onto the future when we hit, when we experienced a, a traumatic relationship or some sort of some event that kind of that we say defines ourselves, you know, like, 
this, you know, I can't come back from this because said this, uh, this, this said thing happened to me. And the thing that I've, uh, we were mentioning earlier uh, before in a pre-recorded pre-recorded session about relationships is like, you know, I've been like many of those that were listening. I'm, I mean, I could, I can't speak for everyone, but I've been in a toxic relation before. And I feel like you go through as you're, you know, younger and you're learning more about yourself and building awareness of what you, your needs and so on, you will more than likely come across a relationship that's where you're two individuals trying to figure things out. And it's just in sync and just have these weird decrepit understandings of what love is supposed to be because you're young and you're dumb and you you just have no idea. And, And there's some things that happen that create trust issues that create these separations, but you just don't want to let that person go. You, you know, maybe you got cheated on and, and you don't want to break up with them because the, the, your ego can't handle them going out and staying or or running that person that, you know, they betrayed you with or something like that. And, and you just want to, you just look and you, you start polluting that for love. You start saying that I love that person so much. I can't let them go. And you have this perverse kind of, definition of it that you continue to to follow but with limited beliefs i think it's almost the same like similar on a, on a level on a some on a some some level a similar thing that's happening mm-hmm. you know you you're you're trying to you t- like hang on to things that you already have that you have no control of and or you're trying to take control of the situation that's ruining you and that's keeping you from taking that leap or or breaking up with that toxic relationships so that you can actually start to find yourself. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I just had a family event and I'm in, you get to, you get to have so many great conversations at these things. But um, one, in, one event in particular is like, I know these people, these, these individuals in my family that have these hobbies, have these things that they enjoy doing and that they love doing, but they just show up to work to get paid. Mm-hmm. And then they spend one third of their life there doing those things and not, you know, just, just wanting to have that complacency, that comfort, that below, not even try to melt their wings. Like what's his name? Icarus. Icarus. Not even trying to melt your wings like Icarus, but just stay, you know, in the cloud cover, you know, just kind of like not even seen, not even heard and just kind of showing up and, when they're capable of so much more in just a different industry or different area of their life that they could just add so much benefit that they, that they're, that they're truly inspired by, like their work truly has meaning and they just don't want to take that leap. And I think a lot of that is because you're too obsessed with not taking that leap. You're not, you're too obsessed with that toxic relationship. If we're kind of going back to what the picture I was painting, because we become, we're not aware of the situation. We're not aware of the toxicity. We just want to hang on to whatever we have. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted like Caleb kind of switching up gears just a little bit. I want to talk about how we become aware of the situation or even the people that we try to share our dreams to. Because I was having this conversation in the gym uh, later this week. Shout out to, uh, you know, who, if you're listening for having this conversation, but you know, you're sitting there and it's like, you can't express your dreams because you expressing your dreams to small minded people insult it. It hurts Mm -hmm. the integrity of the dream itself. 
And it's like self-inflicting at that point because you're going to talk to them. They're going to be talking about you're going to be listening to their or they're going to be listening to your situation. And they're just going to be placing themselves in your shoes. And they're going to be telling themselves, I can't do this because their limited beliefs are dictating their lives and, and how they're talking about it. So when you're sitting there and, and you're telling them about your dreams and your aspirations and these things that are way too big for them to fathom, because it goes against everything that they've ever known, everything that they've ever been comfortable with, and they just want to, and they just can't see themselves there. So when we, how do we come into awareness of those, of those situations where limitations on our dreams are being projected onto us or that, you know, maybe we're just too comfortable where we're at. How can we build that awareness so that we can start solving that problem and get that answer back, get that no that we're trying to hide ourselves from or that Mm -hmm. yes, that we're too scared to put ourselves in the position to even experience. (laughs) That's a really, really good question, Aaron. And there are a few different thoughts I have on that. Um, But I would like to summarize this one final thought you gave, you said in that previous statement, you talk about, um, you talked about like relationships and how sometimes you pursue something and you want something so bad that for the mistake of love or the, the, the illusion of love, you're willing to endure stuff that you probably shouldn't endure. And you convince yourself that it's one thing when really it's another. Yes. I think that's the absolute, that's the absolute foundation of limiting beliefs, convincing mm-hmm. yourself of one thing um, when really it's something else entirely. Yeah. But that being said, whether it's professional life or personal life, I think it's important to realize that you will have along that course of that journey, if you're achieving, you're pushing for something greater, you're going to have adversity and you're going to have stones thrown in your path. The problem is most people look at that stone. They think, oh, this is a sign telling me not to continue. Mm -hmm. Really, it's not a sign telling you not to continue. It's a test of your will, a test of your will. How are you going to go over this? And so anything in life worthwhile won't be easy. And I think it's extremely important, but where these limiting beliefs and kind of going into your question now, how do you recognize, how do you overcome and adapt So first and foremost, I think that one of the things that you have to do is you have to recognize that it is okay to forgive yourself, accept yourself and love yourself. And now this is going to, this is going to venture into your question. You just asked me a second, but many of us, we look at our past situations or you look at your present and we say like, oh, I'm too broken to succeed. I'm too damaged or I've had too bad of a past. I've made too many mistakes. I've messed up too many times. I've I've been through too much to be happy and have the life that I want. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm talking to you. And so let me tell you something today in life. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. And so who you are might be broken, but broken things can be rebuilt. Who you are might be in pain, but all pain eventually ends. Mm -hmm. Who you are might be filled with doubt, but doubt will be and one day will become over, uh, will be overcome with deliverance. And so the very things that make you feel unqualified are the very things that qualify you. And so no one wants to hear about the person who started at the top. No one wants to hear about the immediate success story because no one can relate to that. People want and people need, they need to see and hear the brokenness. They need to see the pain because they need to see the doubt that they can see in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to change the world, change people. And you have to change people by letting them relate to you in your darkest of moments. Yeah. So and- you asked me is like, how exactly do we start recognizing those people around us and how do we get back in that situation of belief as opposed to burdens? And so I think first and foremost, you have to understand that small-minded people kill big dreams. Small-minded people kill big dreams. And some people say, well, Caleb, how do I know who a small-minded person is? You know, 
<laughs> like, I mean, you know, if you, if, if you know, because if you're afraid to sit there and tell them something crazy, if you're afraid to tell them, hey, I'm going to make a million dollars this month, or hey, I'm going to go have the biggest, or I'm going to get, if you tell them and you're like, you have like any hesitation that they're going to say, oh, really? They're a small minded person. Mm. Like, you know. I would say, I would also say that if they have a lot of consistency in their life, like if you could say, okay, you're track, you're watching footballs on Friday, you're drinking on Saturday. You're, you know, you're doing like, I mean, if you could just sit there and just predict actions. their life, I think that Absolutely. you look at their actions. And so I've told you that in my life, um, I've had a rule and this is actually a conversation I had with my sister just, uh, just last week. Um, it was a very direct conversation, but in my life, I made it a point never to take advice from someone in an area that I don't want to imitate in that area. And I, so I shared that I advice today at the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't take financial advice from somebody who's not where I want to be financially. I do not take relationship advice from someone who does not have the relationship that I want. I don't take physical advice from someone who doesn't have the physique that I want. And this is a conversation with my sister. She started a workout program. She was really anxious about it. It cost her money. She's like, I don't know if I want to do this because I have my friends telling me that this is going to be a bad investment. I can do it on my own. It costs too much. And I asked her, how many of your friends have the physique that you want? Hmm. She said, no. And I said, don't listen to what they say. Don't give a flying, you know what, about what they say. I said, if they don't have it, you don't need to listen to them on that. They can be amazing people. They can be your best friends. That's great. But if they aren't where you want to be, don't listen to a second for what they have to say on that topic. And why isn't it, hey, congratulations, support, and like just pouring into it because you're making a conscious decision? Like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start putting myself first. You know, I'm going to start helping myself. I think it's important to realize that not in all cases, but in most cases, most cases, people want to see you do well, but just not better than them. Mm-hmm. Because when you start putting going better than them, when you start doing more than them, it reminds them of their past failures and inadequacies. It reminds them of the dis- definitive decisions they are making to not progress forward. And so, like, you know, it's one of those things to like, we all feel kind of guilty if we're used to this group of friends. And then one guy starts to break that cycle. We're like, man, I don't want to put the work in to break that cycle, too. So it's like crabs in a bucket. Instead well, of pushing you to the top, I'm going to pull you back yeah. down. That's how like, most people in society work. And so it's really important to understand that when you're trying to break these limiting beliefs, in most cases, your friends and your family, they're going to be the very first people that try to pull you down. Mm-hmm. Not because they don't love you, not because they don't care for you necessarily, but because of two things. Either number one, they are jealous. And those people you need to cut from your life immediately. Mm-hmm. Or number two, they're afraid you're going to get hurt. Yeah. They're afraid you're going to fail. And their love, their idea, air quote, of love is preventing you from ever taking that chance. Right. Hey, they don't want to see you hurt. Don't so high, Icarus. Yeah. Don't fly so high. Stay down low. Yeah. Both are deadly. Both prevent you from achieving what you're meant to do. And so identifying those people, and you know who they are in the first place, putting yourself in situations where you're around men and women you want to imitate. I think that's the second way to get rid of limiting beliefs is being around people that don't have limiting beliefs. You know, if some if your vision's crazy until you ca- until you listen to someone's vision is bigger than yours. And all of a sudden right. yours seems like a normal path. Like you might say, hey, Aaron, like I want to make a million dollars a month. That sounds crazy until you're sitting around the room with the guys that's I'm gonna make 10 million a month. Now you're the normal guy. Yeah. And so I would encourage like be normal. What I mean, like be normal in that aspect where your dreams, as crazy as they are, are like the bob of the bucket. Right. I think that's important. But number three, number three, understand that people in your life, people in your life are like booster rockets. Mm-hmm. Well, think about the space shuttle, right? We've some of us have heard this analogy before, but it's so true. I love it. The space shuttle carries men and women to the ISS, puts them in space, amazing things. But when it takes off, there are two booster rockets attached to its side. And they're imperative 
to that space shuttle success. Imperative. But once they reach a certain altitude, they fall off. They fall off. The space shuttle leaves them behind. Now, does the space shuttle hate those booster rockets? No. No, 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 not at all. Because he couldn't have gotten where it is without them. But there comes a point where that space shuttle has to go further. It has to continue on in its mission, in its purpose, in its design. And those booster rockets, they weren't made the same way. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the same purpose, the same vision, the same calling. Our life works the exact same. Where you are, who you are, and where you're called to be isn't going to be the same as the person next to you. You may be called to go much further. And if that's the case, it is your duty, it is your mission to continue to go. That's what you're created to do. And it doesn't mean you are greater or less than that person who stays behind. But what it means is that both of you in your life, you all got to each other. You all got one another to the point where you needed to be. And then in love, in purpose, in separation, in connection, you had to separate ways. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to feel guilty about that. Because again, neither one of you could have gotten to where you were without one another. But one of you is called to someplace different. Right. Yeah. And that's that's something that you're going to continue to build awareness of it as you become more and more aware of those those situations that are holding you back more and more aware of things that aren't serving the dreams that you have for yourself and those things you know if and some of you guys may have heard this analogy before and it kind of goes hand in hand with Caleb was getting after but if you take fleas and you put them in a jar now a flea can jump. What was it, Caleb? Like about thirty six inches. Yeah, thirty six inches. Yeah, so it can jump pretty high. And you know, obviously, you put it in a little mason jar. It's only jumping about you know five six inches in the air. You put the lid on it, and as time goes on, those parents are only gonna they're gonna continue hitting that lid, hit it, and then fall, and they're gonna fail, and then they're gonna stop jumping so high because they're tired of failing. It's tired of hitting that lid, and then as time goes on, their kids are gonna see that. And then the next generation is going to see that. And what I'm trying to get out here is that some parents don't realize this. But as I was sitting around my table today during my family kind of gathering, remember they're talking about some of their kids that they have. There's some of the older, you know, adults and some of my older cousins were speaking and they're talking about some of the kids that they have. And one, this one line, this one, part of the conversation in particular stood out to me was speaking about, you know, the, the father figure was saying, you know, I had all these art, art scholarships at these particular uh, locations, but I didn't do this. I didn't pursue my dream is essentially what he said, but he's sitting there talking about his kid wanting her to like go out and experience and try new things and to understand, you know, to, to pursue her dream. And I was just in my head, I was just thinking of this analogy. I was like, you limited your own self from pursuing your own dreams. How can you sit there and tell someone else to do the same? How can you sit there and tell someone to go, go and pursue theirs when you're the one that, when you gave up on yours and, and it sounds, it sounds, it doesn't sound like any, I mean, it just sounds, it's, it's like you're, you're lying in indirectly. And it's just because you wanted to take a step back, to give in to those limited beliefs that because people are saying it's risky, there's a lot of time, like you're having to, 
you know, you're having to struggle before any sort of artist, like, especially if we're talking about the artists, like they struggle for years and years and years until their work finally gets traction and starts getting a notice. And like we were talking about, the ones closer to you are going to want to say to keep you from that, keep you from having to suffer for those years and years and years until your art finally starts becoming profitable for you before you can start living the life that they want you to, to live and not to, and it's that, and it's those thoughts, that projection of insecurity placed onto us that pulls us away from that dream in general. And the thing that came to mind is like some of those things that you're telling yourself that are keeping you from pursuing that, pursuing your dream, you ever thought that those are the same questions or the, the same reasons why you should? Mm-hmm. You ever think that maybe, you know, on the other side of that, that dream is the actual life that you deserve, that's mm-hmm. going to fix all those inconsistencies in your life that you wish wouldn't happen or uh, that peace of mind or that void that maybe you're, that you feel in your life that isn't being fulfilled facing those discomforts facing those those areas where you feel that you lack and coming out on the other side of it i agree 100 Aaron. like you wouldn't be scared that bad if the reward wasn't that great think about think about uh basic human instinct right think about like playing poker if you have a five or ten dollar pot you aren't nervous at all but the moment that pot goes to 500 or 100 or thousand or the pros like millions all of a sudden anxiety kicks in because you now understand the game is still simple. It's perspective. The game is played the exact yeah, the game is played the exact same whether you're playing for $10 or 10 million. But what you stand to gain from it, that is so much greater. And I think that's the exact same thing. Like you have to understand, Aaron, like the more you like the, the, the greater the potential, the stronger and heavier those limiting beliefs are going to hit you. Mm-hmm. That that little doubt, that self-doubt. This is exactly what we were talking about before this phone call or before this Zoom call. Like we we're talking about like personal lives and situations like that. Like the greater you know what's on the side, like the, 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 the better it's going to be, the, the more valuable it is, the more rare it is. Like the bigger the, the shadow or the bigger yeah. the bigger the dream, the the larger the shadow it casts. The greater the shadow, that's exactly it. So it's important to say like when you have a dream, you are going to have self-doubt. You are going to have limited beliefs. You're going to have fear and you're going to have second guessing. You're going to have mental turmoil. You're going to have emotional turmoil. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to have it all. But There's it's going to be days where your life is just about to fall apart. Exactly. And it, but that's not because you're not where you're meant to be. It's because for the first time in your life, you're actually pursuing where you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Pursuing it. And the reason I know that is because you wouldn't be going through all that if you didn't believe you were meant to be there. You wouldn't be going through that if you knew where you were isn't where you're meant to be. And so like what you have to understand is like you are 100% correct, 100% correct. And that limiting beliefs, in my opinion, that's actually a good thing because it means you're actually trying something you never tried before. And it means you're pursuing a dream that you've wanted before. And so really, like we talk about this analogy, I gave the analogy of a squat like in the gym, a squat bar, like that's a heavy thing. It hurts. It makes it hard to breathe. It's crushing down and you got to push it back up. A squat is a perfect analogy for this because when you start in the gym, you may put a hundred pounds in that bar and you know what? It is hard. It is difficult. It's painful. It's not easy. And you know what? Six months later, it's still hard. It's painful. It's difficult. It's not easy. You're still struggling. Six years later, same thing. So a lot of people, they wait and they think, well, when it gets easy, then I know I've made it. 
-hmm. When it gets lighter, then I don't made it. No, 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 no. It's not about the weight. It's about the distance. Mm -hmm. Because that first day in the gym, you may have 100 pounds on it. It's heavy. A year later, it's still heavy, but you look over and you've got 200 pounds, 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's the distance you go. And I think you're 100% correct. It was so good when you talk about parents. Because we have, in this world, we have a lot of different neglect. We have child abuse. We have all different things in which humans wrong one another. But I think one of the greatest forms of it, one of the most widespread forms of it that's never talked about is parents neglecting to fulfill their dreams and then passing that on to their kids. Because mm -hmm. you think about this, when we're little, like every child, they dream of being princesses. They dream of being the president or astronauts, like world leaders, doctors, all these amazing things. But then all of a sudden, between the birth of birth, uh, ages of between birth and like 18 years old, like a lot of those dreams are killed. They're stifled. They're they're forced into these cages called companies and these boxes called cubicles. And where we used to have dream, we now have a desert wasteland. And I don't believe it's school. I don't believe it's life. I don't believe it's society because the truth of the matter is humans can endure all that. We get our advice and we determine our trajectory based upon the people that we trust and love the most because, believe it or not, you are not who you think you are. You are not who your parents or your friends or your teacher or your boss thinks you are. You are who you think those people think you are. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is most people live up to the bar that's set for them. And if no one sets a bar, they're going to pick it from someone else. And most of us, we pick our parents because when we're young, again, our parents tell us you can be anything in the world you want. You could have the amazing relationship. You can have the healthiness. You could have the, the job, the career, the dream. But then somewhere along the course of life, we as kids, we look at our parents, we look at our friends and we say, well, mom, dad, why aren't you? Why don't you have those things? Why aren't you there? Why didn't you achieve it? Why didn't you push for it? Oh, you're telling me this, but there must be something you're not telling me because you would be there too. If it, if, and so because of that, whatever it is, I'm not going to attempt it because you never showed me it was possible. Going back towards like when we pursue those dreams, like we were talking about, you know, the perspective being off. And I remember us talking about like, or actually I just came across some material today and it was saying like this guy, he was like watching this guy and he was stories, stories high. Like, I mean, you guys heard of the the guy that tight rope between the twin towers and everything like that. And people are just fascinated and amazed. This guy was doing it on a plank on a much lo lo less of a scale, but still, you know, stories in the air, like, you know, just, you know, you could just plummet to your death at, you know, one misstep or anything like that. That's, that's crazy. And you're just sitting there watching it. And you're seeing this guy go back and forth in between these buildings. It's such a, you know, stories and stories above the air. And then he brings a plank down to the ground and he places on the ground. And he says, run across the plank. And you'll take your turns and you'll run across it and you have no problem. But if he moved that same plank and told you to do the same thing, stories and stories above, you would not do it because you wouldn't have that belief in yourself. Because everything close to the ground is safe and convenient and easy. But the things that I've understood, and I always really I, and I've talked about in our in our episodes prior, but I really kind of frame my mind back into a more primitive state of survival, of you know of things that you know, especially when it comes to dieting, things that you know you would eat off the land and and things like that. That I try to that I try to like form my thought through. And one thing in particular that I keep in mind is like when you're feeling stress 
when you're feeling this and it's a healthy stress, you're feeling, you're starting to understand what you're capable of during those moments. Like, you know, just, just, um, humor me, like being, being back in time with wolves or bears or lions or something like that, you're having to compete with for food and they're chasing after you and they're trying to get at you. Like you're going to perform at a much higher level because of that stressful situation. Right now, I don't think we've ventured too far off from those situations. It's just in a little different aspects of our life. Now it's more like performance based or like through work or, you know, what we're bringing to provide for family uh, and things of that nature. But regardless of the situation, you're built to survive. Mm-hmm. You, your family, your lineage, your bloodline has endured a lot of actual and legitimate violence and kind of risk of life itself to get you to this point and they've made it. So okay. for you to, to weather any sort of economic or financial turmoil, I think it is a cakewalk in a sense of just continue to remind yourself that during stressful times, you are going to be able to do whatever you have to do to make things happen. Whatever goals that you need to hit, whatever money you need at the end of the month to make a, to make a payment for rent or to feed your kids, like you're going to find a way to do that. Absolutely. You know, that's so good. You, you talk about how, you know, back in the day, we again, back in the day, maybe a little bit different, right? Maybe a little bit different, but still like that human instinct of stress, of survival, of difficulty, of limiting beliefs, like that is timeless. Whether it be wolves back, you know, however long ago, or the wolves at the door now, like, you know, financial people or creditors or, or the job or the economy or your relationships on the edge, like, wolves physically or wolves metaphorically like there's always been something that we've, we've ran from we've built to survive and i think it's really important to note that your triumph is oftentimes a derivative of your trauma and i'll say it again like your triumph is a derivative of your trauma you wouldn't work that hard if you weren't hurt that bad you know your legs wouldn't have the strength to keep on running towards what you're running to if you don't remember where you're running from well, you know where you're running from trauma, could be the building blocks. It could be the foundation of your triumph in many ways. And that's when like those limiting beliefs are going to hit you the most. Like when you're sitting there, cause you remember where you've been, man, I used to be here. I don't, I'm not this guy. I've never made this amount of money. I've never got out of my comfort zone. I've never pursued the goal that I wanted. I've never gotten this promotion, but you're still running. And I think that's a really important thing is like, we talked about this a moment ago, like what I'm going through right now in my, in my personal life, like there's a lot of limiting beliefs. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of insecurities. There's a lot of like, I'm going back and forth. Am I in the right place? Am I not in the right place? There's a lot of difficulty there. And truth of the matter is like, I can make an argument either way, but the reason why I'm able to pursue on is because number one, I know who I am. I know the value that I have and what I bring to the table. And I'm not afraid to be on my own. I don't want to be needed. I want to be wanted type thing. Just like, I don't need someone. I want someone. There's a very big difference between the two. But the reason why you're able to push through limiting beliefs is because no matter if it's your career, no matter if it's your personal life, no matter what it is, you are where you are because you're choosing to be there. And so if you know the outcome on the other side is going to be worth it, or it's at least worth going to the finish line and discovering yes or no, if you're choosing to be there, you can take anything like those at you. The person who has a why can endure almost anyhow. And I believe that fully. And it's just, we got to take that step. We got to, we got to first put ourselves, if you're in a position feeling some sort of, some sort of limited belief or anything like that, you're in the right situation. 
Last thing you want is a life where you're just predictable and convenient and just walking along it and there's no growth. Because the moment that happens, it's going to become stale, it's going to fracture, and it's not going to be fruitful in the slightest. Continue to push forward, continue to add value. But that's a wrap. So the only limitations that we put on our beliefs are those that we allow. Today, we talked about what are some of these limited beliefs that we experience in our day-to-day life? And then how to become aware of those beliefs in a situation, even people that project those insecurities onto our dream. We talked about if we are in a role of a parent to continue to push forward and set that example for our kids. But then also those questions that we tell ourselves not to do something, those are the same questions or the same reasons why we should. You are capable of achieving the dreams that you've laid out and your family, you and your family are deserving of it. No one is going to understand the dream or see it through your eyes. But thank you, Caleb, for your time and sharing your perspective. I hope all that are listening found value in this conversation and have the courage to continue pursuing their dream despite all that stands in our way. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep winning. If you found today's episode helpful, one of the best ways to show your support for what we are trying to accomplish here on Winning at Life is to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. If you'd like, leaving a five-star review is always welcome as well to help spread the awareness of our content. Or if there's a topic that you'd like to discuss, like discussed, you can always submit those to us via social media and we'll be happy to oblige. With all that being said, until next time, keep winning.